You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Ladies Take Ladies and gentlemen, Hotbox. it is the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. We are here to talk about our Philadelphia Eagles as the, the fight song played you in to know that we are 9-1 and one now, ladies and gentlemen. We have exceeded everybody's expectations, even those of the most uh, uh, loyal of fans. We went into KC, didn't play our best game, a, a nice dreary night. In the uh, the beautiful city of Kansas City, I've heard. I uh, heard it is a very nice place. But we go in there. We take care of business. We get a little bit lucky. And we end up 9-1. and one. This is, like I said, this is the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. And I am joined by a man who just just arrived back from Kansas City who went out there to lay, lay it all on the line for our Philadelphia Eagles. That man's name is Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? How was your trip? Uh, everything that we need to know. Um, it was good. It was good. There's a lot, there's a lot to really, uh, discuss, I guess I could, I could go on for, we could have a, uh, a specific podcast just talking about what I did in the city. Uh, the first night I'll, I'll just do a quick little synopsis. Quick first night I, uh, I got drunk downtown and I was walking around for what seemed like three hours in some parking garage. I had no idea where I was, just kept walking in circles. <laughs> so I, I eventually got out and, uh, Ubered home from the curb of some gas station that was closed. Nice. I, I don't know how I had ended up there, but uh, it was a pretty good night. Met some people, chilled out on Sunday, hit a dispensary. That was fun. Um, Missouri as a state is pretty terrible, I will say. Okay. Um, you know, I, I feel like I developed shin splints walking up and down the various hills um, of the state. The broken concrete all around the state. Nice. The dreary rain. Um, but Kansas City in general, whether it's the the part in Kansas, the part in Missouri, is is nice. I like it. The people are cool. The food's awesome, badass. Even the bad food is good. Um, the bar scene's pretty pretty dope. Uh, they tried warning me about like you know violence and shit, but I I didn't see any of that, and uh, plus I didn't care. Well, I mean, um, yeah, we live you right said, in Philadelphia, Florida and Philly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Arrowhead was beautiful. Beautiful. It's so loud. It's so nice. Um, I guess it's called G-E-H-A Field, which I didn't know that. Uh, I thought it was Geha Field, but what do I know? And, um, yeah, the tailgating scene is crazy. They don't fuck around. They're a lot like Eagles fans. Chiefs fans are. Uh, they're just nicer, I nice. would say. Um, yeah, some random dude gave me a cheesesteak at the tailgate. Fucking That's house sick. that thing. That was awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of people from, like, bumfuck nowhere iowa nebraska other states that are you know huge either eagles or chiefs fans it's kind of awesome and random um but the the game itself was uh it started out really just not great yeah i was not i was not in the most optimistic of moods the guy next to me he kept me alive all night um and then there was this little girl she was like five it was her first game she she kept high-fiving me so i had good people around me um but man, like six, like seven yards in the first half, we both start with a three and out. And then I think 
they scored and then we scored and then they, we threw a pick and then they threw a pick. Yep. So we kind of, um, it was just a back and forth game. It was very just ugly. And I know, you know, a lot of people were saying, we got to take the over. We got to take the over. This is the, this is the Monday night game where the over sit. Nope. The Monday night unders continue to be a, a thing all year, but the weather was just, I mean, it just wouldn't, it wasn't letting up at all. So that sucked. But honestly, at, at one point it sucked when I was in the tailgate and it randomly started pouring. But once the once I got into the game, I didn't give a fuck really. I was like, I'm here. I'm already, you know, drenched and let's just keep going. So that wasn't even that bad. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the weather. Uh, I, I was kind of prepared for it and uh, we won. That's really all that matters. It, I didn't, it didn't matter if there was a hurricane, a tornado, uh, a shooter, uh, a live active shooter on the field. Jesus. As long as we got the win, that's all that mattered. I didn't go out there. I, I kept telling everybody, I'm like, we didn't come here for a fucking loss. We came all the way out here for a W and we got it. We got that revenge. Obviously, the Chiefs fans leaving the field were like, yeah, but we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, last year. We're in a new season, baby. So, uh, and also, you know, I think we did get lucky, like, a lot in this game. But um, the Chiefs have some issues. Like, they they might have one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league. Like, it is all-time bad. Um, And I have to say something about that. Yeah, he had a career day against us almost. I will say that MVS drop – the lights over there are pretty fucking strong. Um, I, I know it kind of sounds like an excuse, but I, I, I noticed it. I'm like, he had, you know, the ball was kind of not, not the best throw. I mean, it wasn't, it was a good throw. It wasn't perfect, but I uh, kind of had to extend himself, reach behind a little bit and um, having the lights in your eyes. I saw Tyree kill say something about that. Yeah. Not easy, not easy at all, honestly. And they had yeah, Travis Kelsey had what two or three drops and a fumble. Yeah. So shout out to C Swift for not showing up. I know she wanted the, the birds to win. So, Let's go, man. Yeah, I, like you said, I mean, we we definitely got lucky, but that's, you know, there's games where we haven't gotten lucky and lost. You know, that's how we lost the Super Bowl was uh, a, a kind of an unlucky fumble by Jalen Hurts Absolutely. and things not going your way, an unlucky call with a holding, you know, like it's just, that's kind of how football and sports are in general. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't, but... Like I said to a couple of my buddies who were like, I can't tell if the Eagles are just lucky. I'm like, yeah, they're lucky, but they also created a lot of their luck by the defense played probably their best game of the year. I don't think Crazy. that's even a question. It's like they they played really good, and they didn't even do what, I, what we kind of talked about wanting them to do, which was shutting down the run. Pacheco was having his way at some points during Easy, this game. Man. They Huge couldn't contain the, running the, the edge. They couldn't, could, couldn't contain the edge at all, all game pretty much. No. More so in the in the first half, but you know there was even times in the second half they were just breaking to the outside and um yeah yeah they, they very early I wanted I, I was telling the guy next to me I'm like very early like we got to shut down the run the first like five rush attempts we can't let them get more than like five yards and they broke off I think the second or third run boom like twenty of twenty yards to the right um, to check out I was like well <laughs> now we're fucked because that opens up the pass and I have so many issues with our pass defense. Um, which didn't even really go to show in this game. Bradbury, I think he got thrown at. I don't. I didn't really see his name get called. Darius Slade didn't have his best game. So there's a couple guys that didn't have their best game, right? I think you know some of the young guys like Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks. They continue to struggle, but yep. it's it's kind of a lot to ask for them, right? You, you know, they kind of sit on the bench all game, and then they come in, and you're like, all right, you got to cover one of these guys. Maybe it's not a great name, but it's also Patrick Mahomes thrown to them, so it's it's a challenge nonetheless. BG, Fletcher Cox, really starting to show their age. 
Um, Fletcher Cox with just an absolute step. I know I saw some people say it wasn't a roughing the passer. I don't understand what he was doing when he hit Patrick yeah. Holmes late. It's just I tough. No In real time, it's tough. Like, I just hate that, that I – because I saw I, – I said the same thing because I was like – I was angry at the time. But it's more – it's not even the – you can't do that in that in that time period of the game and you just can't put your hands on a uh, quarterback like that. But I just can't stand when guys who are 6'5 and 240 pounds flop around like that. Like it's yeah. like – I he's yeah, no, acting he like he got crushed. That's all he does. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I will say though, Fletcher – you know, it wasn't a malicious hit. It wasn't a violent hit. It wasn't a suspension-worthy hit. It wasn't, you know, head-to-head. Or, But he let go of the ball, and he di- he didn't even – he had zero. He had a, he had time to hold up a little bit. He did not. He just went right through him, and I was like, you dumbass. You're a veteran. You know not to do that, especially against Mahomes. I understand it's, it's football, right? But you got to be smart. You're the leader of this team, and that could have been our demise. It could have. It could have. Um, Marlon Marlon T didn't play much, but man, he was active. Milton Williams was really active. Um, he also got hurt. I thought it was bad. I, th- I think he was like um, his own guy hit him, like face to face mask to face mask is what I uh, remember. I was like, oh man, I hope he's all right. But he he was active in the game. Bradley Roby played great. Jalen Carter was getting Jalen Carter was getting held every single play. Yep, literally every single play. Uh, even plays where he got like pushed to the ground, kind of like pancake ish. He would get up and. Just get right back in there. He almost got that interception at the end of the first half. Crazy, which was crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even see it in live. Uh, you know, um, live. I didn't even notice it. Hassan Reddick um, was getting held a lot. Yeah. Kevin Byard played bit played good. Reed Blankenship played well. Um, I didn't notice Sweat. I was waiting for ninety four to step up in the fourth quarter, but I think you know their ta- we, we did really well. Beating their tackles, kind of pushing their tackles back. Trey, uh, Donovan Smith and um, Juwan Taylor. But, you know, we weren't getting many sacks, but we were getting a little pressure. We were just, you know, Mahomes was just getting it out, getting it out, getting it out. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Remember, he had Kelsey wide open and just overthrew him. Um, I forget who, I think it might have been Fletcher or Jalen that was, uh, no, it was Fletcher. Just, he missed a sack. Fletcher had like three missed tackles in this game. Just uh, inexcusable. The one yeah. on the sideline where he had him and he fucking somehow missed him. He had a sack, missed him, and then Mahomes almost got hit and he let it go and just missed a couple of guys. I think at the end of the game that pass to Justin Watson on fourth and twenty five could have been a catch, honestly. Too. He should have caught it. Um so yeah, some good some some breaks went our way, but also some some things didn't go our way. You know, I'm I'm really I almost had PTSD flashbacks when uh, McDuffie stripped Hurts. Remember when Hurts obviously fumbled in the Super Bowl? Yeah. He uh fumbled this game too, but he was able to get it back. Thank God, because that was deep in our territory. And it just seemed like we couldn't capitalize whenever we were given a chance until the second half. And then, you know, DeAndre, I, <laughs> DeAndre Swift ended up playing, you know, having one of his best, better games in recent, the last like month or two. Um, Brian Johnson, I don't know, man, you know, man. calling like five screens in six plays. It, it's funny because the last one ended up working, right? The, was it the, the, the pass to Swift? Because they threw Swift a couple screens. There was one that, he didn't follow his blocking, so it was a third and one, and then it was a four, it set up a fourth and one, and then we went for we we ran it instead of doing a the brotherly shove for whatever reason, and we didn't get it. Uh, I think that might have been third, and we had the punt. Um, but then at the end of the game, they threw him a, a screen after the two screens, which the one to Julio, I was like, what are we what are we doing here? 
What are we doing? We, we threw a screen to the left, then we went to the right. Same back-to-back plays. I couldn't yeah, they're running it. bubble after bubble after bubble. It's like, I, I, why are we running a college offense? Our quarterback's actually good. He's not bad. Yeah. We weren't even running it to, to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith was the craziest part. We were throwing screens to Julio Jones and DeAndre Swift. But um, whenever Swift would come out the middle, like, you know, um, a screen over the middle of the field, it actually worked. And then the la- one of the last runs, ones we ran, ended up getting like 20, 30, 40 yards or whatever happened. And uh, that kind of set set the tone for that drive, which led to uh, the game-winning score. So, yeah, I mean, defense turned up. Offense turned up, um, and you know Mahomes made mistakes, and we capitalized. Uh, the buyer pick was great. I, I as soon as it happened, I saw it. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I hope he, I hope he gets there. So, buyer played a great uh, game, man. He finally looked yeah, like he, he's starting to uh, acclimate into the system. It took a couple weeks, right? I had to had to get used to a whole brand new scheme and team and whatnot. But yeah, man, that was um, that was awesome. That was awesome. I'm glad you got to go see a win. I'm glad they didn't make you travel all that way and then throw up a dud because in the first half it was looking bad. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I will say you're right though. Like the, the Brian Johnson, it, it kind of, until you said that would have probably been swept under the rug because they won. It's right. just like, that's all I ca- kind of cared about. But really he has been awful, man. He just, he has no feel for the game whatsoever and feel for the guys that he has. AJ Brown got clamped up in this game pretty badly. Yeah. Legereus Sneed has, um, He's he's done what really well this year, shadowing wide receiver ones. And uh, this game, he was he was just all over him. I, I mean, they weren't even trying. It's it's funny they weren't even trying to throw him a screen. You know, I thought they were trying to get him the ball and, and and let him maybe make some magic happen, right? But they weren't even trying to do that. Devonte Smith came up big. He was open all the time. Obviously, yeah. paying attention to to AJ Brown uh, opened up Devonte in that big uh, the last the last big play, the forty one yard uh, reception or pass and catch. Uh, great throw, great catch, um, and that set up the uh, the sneak. So I think that's how we won, right? That was the winning touchdown. The sneak, so, yeah, I believe so, right? Yeah, right after the forty-one catch, forty-one yard play. So yeah, man, unreal um, throw and catch. By the way, on that, I mean, it's finally good to, that Brian Johnson called a play down the field. But we weren't going downfield the whole game. I kept telling, I'm like, yo, can we throw the ball downfield just to like try? Because remember the AJ Brown one that was incomplete. Like, they tried, he caught it, but it was just out of bounds. Yeah. So I want to see it more. Like, even throw it to Julio Jones, he's 6'5". Like, what are the odds that somebody is going to be on him that's, like, his height, you know? Um, Trent McDuffie is awesome. He's a baller. Uh, Legereus needs a baller. Chris Jones is a baller. He uh, he pretty much had his way with Lane Johnson whenever he was on him, which wasn't often. They, he he kind of stayed in the middle, but at the end of the game, they put Chris Johnson on the edge, and he went right around Lane a couple times. I was like, Jesus. But... Um, and the defense, like I said, we didn't get sacks, but we got some pressure. Just, you know, not as much. Eventually. I really wanted, I, yeah, that I really wanted, and I really thought 94 or 7 was going to get a huge strip sack or a huge fump, uh, sack, uh, at the very end of the game to kind of shut some shit down. But, uh, at least we got some pushback. At least, you know, Roby played great with the peanut Tillman punch. That was awesome. Yep. That was huge. Honestly. Yeah, that Kelsey that fumble was, probably, was huge, man. That was, that was what? Yeah. Would you say that was like the most important play of the game defensively? Anyway, sure. no, I yeah, not. I think in, in general because if they in go general, in there and score, yeah. though, the game's or over. Byron. Yeah, uh, the, that was a, they were both in the red zone. So those two, and then the the Devontae catch at the end of the game. Those are the three biggest plays in my opinion. And um, I mean, yeah, to just two two brand new our two newest acquisitions on defense making big plays in the red zone. Love it. 
Absolutely love it, and the Eagles escape with a victory. There's obviously some things they need to clean up, but I think that's a positive is the fact that they're not playing their best football right now, and they're you know, but they're still finding ways to win games. It's somewhat the opposite of last year because it was we were blowing teams out. And we were never really in a close game until the playoffs and the, and the Super Bowl, and then things didn't go our way. We didn't find a way to win, you know, even though. We were right there that whole time. It was a whole, you know, different situation. But I think this team has that just that championship like DNA. And I think they will find ways to win these games. As long as they stay close and in, in, in these games, the defense stood up when when in other games they had gotten cooked and things weren't really going their way. Our offensive line did not look good on Monday night, but you know, so yeah. you have bad games from time to time and they the, the Chiefs are a very, very good team, and we, we were able to hold our own, and we got the victory. I think that is the most important thing, and this was the toughest game, I think, of the whole little gauntlet that we're about to go through was going into Kansas City on Monday night off of a bye for both teams, and we went and we beat them, man. We, we, they didn't score a point in the second half, whether it was turnover or not. Same. It's, we, we, still, we shut the best quarterback, uh, you know, the most talented quarterback of all time, we shut him down in the second half, so I think that is deserving of the credit, and I'm happy. I, I you can't you can't really rain on my parade right now because it, no a win shot. is a win. I I would have been mad when they you know during that Jets game had they won and they didn't play well, but they didn't win, so I was even more angry. So I'm not going to sit here and get angry over winning ugly against the defending Super Bowl champions. It's seems silly. I was me. being was being rained on, and you still can't rain on my parade. So exactly. that's how I'm feeling on this Victory Wednesday after a Victory Tuesday, which I was very hyped about on the social apps. I was I was getting loud. I was starting to lose my voice. I brought the I brought the bird mask with me, uh, or so helmet, that. or whatever the fuck you want to call it, headgear, head garment. There's a couple of them too, and um, I kept. Uh, I, I got before and after the game. I went to the Monday night um, crew and was trying to like. I wasn't trying to troll them like the other Eagles fans were. I mean, they were letting Ryan Clark have it for picking the chiefs. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were just, they were just letting him have it. And then they, the one guy right next to me, he was just screaming obscenities. I was like, this seems like a little bit much. And then eventually I think it was Marcus Spears was, was like looking at him like, bro, like relax. Like he was very hyped. And then security had to tell him like, Hey, can you, uh, stop threatening to bomb the stadium? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I, I kept saying, uh, I kept talking to RC. I kept throwing up the L for uh, LSU and RC threw it up back. So that was kind of cool. I asked Stanford Steve who his Heisman was. He said, Jaden Daniels, that's my guy. Um, they all think uh, SVP Stanford, uh, Stanford, Steve. Yeah. Stanford, Steve, uh, everybody else. They, they thought it was great. I mean, we were, uh, we're a crazy fan base, man. We showed up before the game. We, we show up way before the game and we hang out way after. Um, and you know, I started a nice, uh, fuck Dallas chant. That was great. um, yeah, yeah, it was just a uh, a great time. That's crazy. I could hear that shit on TV too, and I was yeah, I, I was trying to get right in the picture, right behind or in front of the Monday Night Crew uh, post game broadcast thing, but I was not able to get like right in the middle. So I don't think I was on TV. There was a chance. There was one opportunity where people thought I was on TV, but it was not me. Unfortunately, it was somebody with a more realistic bird head mask thing. I love but, the picture of you with the Andy Reid. Yeah, that was great. She was uh, she was awesome. I was like, she she kind of looked like Andy Reid, um, <laughs> and she, she went all out. She was super cool too. So that was pretty fun. So I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad the Eagles went out there and took care of business and got a W tie. But we must look forward 
also one last sorry one last thing uh if if we ever face the chiefs again i want us to punt the ball as far out of bounds as possible i cannot stop i cannot with Kadarius tony yeah man like listen he's a weapon he's very shifty and when he's up there against a lot of special teams guys right it's not the it's not our best tacklers per se so he's gonna make guys miss and the first me and dave greenlaw uh shout out to dave we always say on punt returns the first guy misses like 95 percent of the time yeah Josh Joe made a huge tackle towards the end of that, that game was on the special teams. The, yeah, one of the last punts in the tw- in like their own twenty or thirty. Yeah, yep. he um, he played. He, that was awesome. I got I got really happy. I was like, Let's go two eight. The guy next to me is like, "Who the fuck is two eight? I'm like, "Josh Joe, baby." Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was good. But every other punt, he you know he got like forty yards, and he got like twenty, then fifteen, twenty. I do like Britton Covey. He's pretty solid. He gets us like he 10, 15 had a yards. Of good returns every time. You know, he he, he doesn't. He's probably not going to break many, but. Just, just get us some yards. That's all I ask for, right? Don't fumble it. Don't drop it. So, yeah, let's please stop kicking to number nineteen. Please stop kicking to Kadarius Tony. He stole my soul in the uh, Super Bowl, so I don't want to <laughs> exactly. see that again. Brandon uh, Man, not his best night, but also I think both punters had uh, had some trouble. Yeah, I mean it was it was nasty out there. So I, I it don't, was terrible. You know. I can't understate how bad, truly, how bad the weather was. I know that it's football, and I know these guys have played in bad weather, but it's not like you can just say, oh, you know. I'm just gonna play great. Like Mahomes is like what twenty of twenty two of forty three. Like it yeah. had an effect. Nobody played their best game, so it, it we didn't even want to throw the ball in the first half. It, it just it was crazy. Like we we had zero interest in throwing the ball. Also, if you took Jalen Hurts over rushing attempts, lock of the century. It was like eight or nine and a half, and he had like twelve, thirteen. So shout out to that. Yeah, Brian Johnson loves calling that QB draw in the red zone, man. Uh, I don't. It worked yeah, it one works. time, but yeah, the red zone draw, the, the QB draw in the red zone works. I like that. I like that a lot. It's something LSU did with Joe Burrow. Um, keep you know, kind of split the field wide, and um, yeah, I, you know that O line, man. O line really clutched up at the end too. I know they did struggle a little bit, but it just seems like this team knows how to win and and figures out a way. Doesn't matter how. Doesn't you know? It could be ugly. We had seven penalties, but. All all that matters as we get a dub, and like you said, we got to look towards next week. It doesn't get easier, um, that's for sure. Well, a little bit. It gets a little bit easier because the Bills <laughs> have kind of fallen by the wayside. It seems of recent as they are six and yeah. five. Ty, uh, if they're desperate now, if they didn't have the name of the Buffalo Bills and having Josh Allen and all that, then you would be like, all right, yeah, we should be able to take care of business. Yeah, they're coming into our crib next week. Four twenty-five kickoff. We are three-point favorites as of now, so it's going to be somewhat of a close you know, contest, or at least Vegas expects it to be. I will say, though, Ty, I was a little nervous. You know, I was real nervous about this uh, Chiefs game going into it, just with the whole, you know, the Chiefs being the Chiefs and whatnot, but I got to believe. I-, I think that we take care of business on next next Sunday. This I know the Bills are a good team, and they are a solid team but i don't this is not a team that really worries me all that much they are coming off of a big win against the jets where they put the jets to bed they had 32 points to the jets six but i I think like we said if the eagles played the jets uh not 10 times then i think we beat them nine times and that one time was the the game we played them so it's it was unfortunate but I mean, they, they lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Bengals. You know, they, they had close games with the Buccaneers. They lost to Patriots. the Patriots. So it's this is a team that is struggling. Uh, they, they, I will say this, though. They're desperate. They are uh, desperate. They need, 
And we're like, I'm not going to say we're going to let, we don't need this win or we don't want this win. We're still, you know, the, the Cowboys aren't far behind us and either are the Detroit Lions. So, uh, same with the Niners. But, you know, I, I don't think there's any games you can just give away. No. But if there was a game, we got the Niners next week. If there was a game, and then what? Uh, Cowboys, Cowboys after, that? after that. Yeah. If there was a game in this stretch that I wouldn't mind losing, sadly enough, it is this game against the Bills because I, you know, they are a good team. They need this win. We don't really need this game. We need the next two games after that, 100%. 100%. Um, I mean, I, listen, I want to win all of them. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say I don't, I, don't, I don't want a loss, but if there were to be a game where I think maybe we just look slow or, we're, you know, may, maybe we just look vanilla or something, I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but if there was to be one of these games, it would probably be that one, I think. I think I think you're right. I think it's it's somewhat of a look ahead spot to a big emotional game next week against the team that you beat in the NFC Championship that was running their mouth saying how lucky we were that their quarterback got hurt and yada yada yada. But I think the Bills coming to town, Bills Mafia making their appearance in Jetro will be uh, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be an electric tailgate. I will say that I'm going down. I have to. I have to go show. My love to I respect the Bills fan base because they are a fan base that reminds me somewhat of the Eagles who before yeah. we won the Super Bowl they don't win shit man I mean they've had their heart broken <laughs> time and time again and, was it four in a row in the seventies or eighties uh, the nineties the nineties they lost four 90s. Super Bowls in a row which is absolutely <laughs> that's insane. just yeah I don't know what I would do uh, yeah off myself is more than uh, likely the answer unfortunately but. I do think the Eagles are just the overall better team. I think the offensive line will – I mean, they, the Bills have a good pass rush, but I think it seems like the weather from what I saw is going to be okay on Sunday. So it's not going right. to be ugly. And I think, you know, they don't have Tra- Tredavious White and all those – you know, the, their secondary is good, but it's not – their defense is just not what it used to be in recent years. And I think there's some something going on between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because – I mean, you saw Trayvon tweeting, "Get you know, get fourteen out of there," and that was wild. and things of that nature. And it's not like they don't talk, so he wouldn't be tweeting that stuff if they didn't know there was something going on between. I mean, there was a, even a problem before the season even started. So I don't know what they what happened between them. I'm sure one day we will find out. But there is something personal between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, or just the offense overall and Josh Allen, because the it just had, doesn't look the it look doesn't look the same as it has. In recent years, and that's—I mean—it's concerning if you're a Bills fan. It's good for us as Eagles fans because, again, we're largely healthy going into this yep. this game. You know, we didn't really lose anybody of you know of note or you know uh, anything of that nature. I, I think, you know, losing Dallas Goddard, it, it, it was apparent that that yeah, affected the offense last week against the Chiefs. So I, I think. It's something to look at uh, as time goes on. And you saw a little bit more Julio without Dallas Goddard in there, which I think you do need a big pass-catching threat out there. But I think Dallas Goddard, if they haven't put him on IR, then that means he's somewhat close to coming back. You know, it's, yeah. We need to get a tight end, a backup tight end, a, a solid backup tight end is what we need. Well, uh, you know, know, Grant Calcaterra gets hurt every five seconds. Every so. game. Every game, Jack Stoll is just useless. He's there. just a blocking uh, tight end. He's not he, what yeah. they ask him to do is not what he should be doing. So, the Bills' defense, I'm not too worried about. I think their best corner currently is Rasul Douglas. So that should be yeah, that should be some nice bulletin board material for us to try to you know smoke that guy. Big AJ um, Brown bounce back game. 
Yeah, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, they have some decent edge rushers, but I think their um, front seven, their D-line and linebackers are pretty weak. I think that's somewhere we can exploit them. I do I do have, um, have some concerns about their offense because they have some guys. Uh, Khalil Shakir has been playing really well lately. Gabe Davis, not very good, but... You know, he, he can take the top off a of defense for sure. Um, James Cook is a stud. He can run. He can, uh, he's pretty good out of the backfield. I think he might be better out of the backfield than running. Latavius Murray, he's just a change of pace, big back. Um, Josh Allen can run and throw. And Don Kincaid is a fucking X factor. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. I think Cunningham didn't have a great game against the Chiefs, right? He was, uh, he was asked to play in space a little bit more. Um, Nick Morrow, I think he got hurt at one point, but he didn't have his best game. So, if they're able to kind of do that with Don Kincaid, the rookie from Utah, I think um, I think we might. It, it's going to be um, a, a matchup that we're going to need some help with. Uh, hopefully, Byard or Blankenship can kind of um, hang with them. I don't think that would be a bad option. I think I saw Byard on Kelsey a couple times, and he didn't. He held his own. So, yeah, that's. Gonna, I think their O line's solid, not not great, but I think it's pretty good. Mitch Morris from the Chiefs, uh, Deion Dawkins, a couple other guys, but um, all in all, I think. Um, if we can limit Josh Allen and uh, make him make force him to turn it over because you know he loves doing that. That's the thing. Force him to force him to turn it over. Just, as long as we don't turn it over, I'm, I'm I'm really just I can't with all the turnovers. So um, I mean that pick, the the Jalen Hurst pick, that was bad. That yep. I mean I saw AJ Brown I'm like he's got to step on him and then just completely underthrown. So um, that was brutal. He almost fumbled it too, right? Well, he did fumble it. He just got it back. So the turnovers, man, I really I'm, – I'm waiting for them to just go away. But that, they might be a lingering issue for Jalen this year. You know, the knee is obviously healthier, but it's never going to be 100%. You know, he, did look, he did look better running. You know, when he was on these QB draws, he was able to kind of go, go, uh, go up the middle and kind of bounce it out. But um, – so that – at least he's getting better. At least he's getting healthier. Uh, Cam Jurgens played. He, he looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be like a 37-30 victory for us. Maybe – Maybe we lose like 38-31 or some shit. I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, though. Uh, I think the, I think a big thing that you have to think about or you know, at least look for, for as for success for the Eagles is the fact that, like you said, Josh Allen's thrown an interception in every game since October 1st, which was the London game where he went crazy. Other than that, yeah. he he's only has two games this year where he has not thrown an interception. That was Miami and against Vegas early on in the year. Other than that, he has 12 interceptions this year. So it, it we're going to have to get the ball back through the air. I, I think it's going to be a very similar game plan to what we just did against the Chiefs. Try and shut the run down. They didn't really do that, but the Bills' offensive line is not as good as the Chiefs' the, uh, offensive line, I, I believe. So I think that's going to be the recipe for success. I think it's going to be the recipe for success probably for every Eagle game that you watch. It's just shut the run down, get to the quarterback, and turn the ball over. It's because we're going to, you know, we're going to give up yards. We're going to give up points. We're going to score points. I think it's just going to be do we win the turnover battle, like you said, because we ourselves, last year that wasn't a problem because we didn't turn the ball over. This year we turned the ball over a little bit more. So it's a good Yeah, the turnovers and, and penalties have, have been a little bit more, you know, uncharacteristic from this team, but. That's fine. I think it will work itself out, hopefully, anyway. You know, I think when the games do get more important, not that they're not now, but I think once the stakes become higher, I think we'll, we'll kind of buckle down and, and we'll, we'll settle in, really. Uh, did you see um, 
Sirianni say, uh, fuck you, Chiefs fans? I was just, that's crazy. You read my mind. Literally, I was just thinking (laughs) that. I was like, I loved him saying, see ya. I love it. See ya. Yeah. Those don't want to hear shit from Chiefs fans, and uh, I like that he get, like lets it go a little bit uh, every once in a while. Just you know, because it was an emotional game. It, it, it was a big time game, whether they wanted to act like it or not. It's you're playing the people who stole what you wanted last year, and you're going into their house, and that's it, you know, Monday they, night, people can act like this. Oh, up. I saw pe- heard people on the radio. Yeah, you know, it's just another game, and you know, it, you're lying. Yeah, you're fuck lying. That. It was not. That was not a, That was not another game to Eagles or Chiefs fans. They were there for one reason. It was to get a win. Even though they won the Super Bowl, they wanted to fucking smoke us again because it was in KC this time. That, that was not another game to any single person in that fucking house. I promise you that. Yep. I promise you that, especially me. So um, I saw somebody say, there's no other coach in the league that would act like that. And I'm like, Robert Sala would definitely tear Absolutely. a fan's limb off of his body. So don't even try try me with that shit. Dan Campbell was howling like a dog in the locker room last week. I, I don't want to hear it. That's uh, it. Just yeah, that guy. That, that guy consumes like millions of fucking amounts of espresso and coffee and just sugar and whatever else each morning. And just like he is pre workout. That is Dan Campbell. So yeah, I don't want to hear it. Sirianni is you know he's president of Philadelphia. He really is. That's our guy. It's exactly. And I love the now Italian when the time comes to end visor, by the way. Uh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's awesome. When the time comes and he, you know, has to go, it's going to be a, a terrible divorce. But we're not going to look ahead to that. So no, that's you know, all all good things must come to an end. But while we are in the good times, we must enjoy them. And uh, all you nerds out there who want him to be like Bill Belichick, he's just not okay. Yeah. So Bill Belichick also makes out with his uh, daughter. So and well, you know, as you can tell, Bill Belichick that whole Patriot way isn't exactly working when they're getting their cheeks clapped on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. So the Tom Brady way, if you will. So, Ty, we must keep it moving. I think we should move to the Sixers since they are actually playing right now in the more uh, relevant of the uh, squad. They have a game tonight uh, against the Timberwolves, the 10-3 and Timberwolves, who have looked a tough you know, game. pretty good. Yeah, but they lose. They get knocked out of the in-season tournament, Ty. I know you oh, – I, no. I called you last night. You were crying. You said that this was – you were, you, had, you, you were hoping – the one thing you wanted from your sporting life from now on – was the Sixers to win the in-season tournament. So I guess you're going to have to wait one more season to see this happen if this continues to be a thing. I don't know. but I hope not. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. As soon as we played the first game of this in-season tournament bracket group thing, I was like, man, I don't think this team really cares about this tournament. I think they just don't care. No. I think they'd rather worry about the other games. And that, that seems like it's true. Um, also, I think the Cavs are kind of tough. But they didn't even have Donovan Mitchell. You know, that's their main scorer. Darius Garland, though, he played well. Jared Allen dominated. Evan Mobley played really well. Shout out to me for having uh, Evan Mobley's points, rebounds, assists over. Uh, Embiid's rebounds over. Maxi points over. Bang. All easy work. Um, but yeah, Embiid, Embiid's, you know, played well, but he didn't shoot well. Same with Maxi. Uh, it was really, I think, early on in the game. I feel like they still have, have had some issues closing games out. Um, this season, it's been an issue. I think they they played pretty well in the clutch against the Hawks. That was a tough game, but you remember the loss against the Pacers and then the loss against the Celtics, and now the one against the Cavs. They just haven't really closed well at all. So it's still going to be an issue at the end of the game. I feel like our guys just it's this is really nothing Nick Nurse can do. And B plays sped up sometimes, and so is Maxi. Um, so yeah, yeah they I think, blew that, I think that that game last night. Some of those last minutes, yeah. like transition. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I I have an issue with the way they don't play any defense. I don't know if Kelly Oubre was the key to all this because they have not looked the same since he got hurt. Yeah. So I don't know if he him coming back will really make the difference. I know uh, they're calling him Nico Batum now, which he but he I thought he was yeah. What's Nick, up with that? I thought he was always Nick Batum, but I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he changed it up, but uh, I think That's he's fine. been a nice solid addition. He's not you know he's not the greatest. He's a little slower now than he used to be, but he yeah. It's just an older veteran presence that I think the team needs. Same with Pat Bev. Yeah, and Pat Bev he's. <laughs> A little bit older, and he's you know he he yeah. kind of came in and finally played a little bit of defense on uh, Darius Garland because nobody seems to have <laughs> wanted to do that last night. I, I will I will say I have a couple concerns with Tyrese Maxey though. It's uh, maybe letting we Craig, were letting Craig Porter smoke you is probably my number one concern. Yeah, listen, maybe I was a little bit too uh, brash with the whole uh, you know we don't he doesn't need any help and he's you know Matt, may let Maxi run the team and yada yada. Maybe that maybe we were a little premature with that because <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe they do need a little bit of help. I don't know if Zach Levine's the answer or something along those lines, but. For sure, I will, from what I said in the beginning, I do believe they need somebody to be in that starting lineup next to Maxi who can play some fucking defense. I know D'Anthony Melton's yeah. like pretty good at defense, but he's a little bit undersized for what they're going yeah, to do. Yeah, he's need. more a bench guy too. You know, yeah, he's only six three. I think they're both like six two, six three. Like you know, and then and then your next closest like wing defender is Tobias Harris, and you're like, all right, well now now we're looking at a whole whirlwind of problems. We need we need somebody. Quite literally, the perfect person we need is OG Ananobi. So, yeah. um, the the problem yeah, is yeah. though, Ty, they let Maxi like he's going to get picked on in the playoffs. Like yeah. it's go, it's going to get ugly. They are going to run pick and rolls, get him a, a bigger guy, a, you know, a Tatum esque guy on him, and they are going to attack him as they should. I think that's the that that's probably your smartest move if you, if you're the other team, just go after Maxi, and he's quick, but he it doesn't. I don't know if it's even like he can he can't do it, but it seems like a uh, unwillingness to really want to play defense. I don't, am I wrong yeah. in that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I, I also just think he's you know he, he's not only undersized height wise, weight wise. You know he doesn't have really much strength yeah. to him. You know like he doesn't body guys offensively. He's not bad getting downhill. He's gotten a lot better uh, driving to the basket. Missed <laughs> and the one last layup last night. Um, that was tough. Yeah, the one that like rolled out and yeah. be basket interference, but he got away with it. Yeah, that was. That was tough. He didn't get the role, but um, yeah, we, we absolutely need need somebody next to him. I, I can't agree uh, much more. But um, I think another name maybe to, to to target. You mentioned him before, Alex Caruso. I think that would be a good a good guy to keep on that wing. Uh, another guy I'm a big fan of. I think he's a little bit bigger, but he can kind of stretch out and play all over the court. Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies. I don't know what they're going to do. You know they need Jaw back, but even if he gets back, I think they're they are cooked. They are just yeah, a they might be pathetic team. Um, so I would love to snag Xavier Tillman, maybe get Caruso or somebody else. Like just get a couple pieces. It doesn't have to be superstars. Like we can score, right? We we've shown that we can score. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the issue. But giving up one thirty two to the Pacers after giving up one twenty six to the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton. Listen, he's a good pl- great player, right? But thirty two assists and zero turnovers in back to back games. That, that can't we cannot let that happen. That is just unacceptable. So definitely going to be something to work on. Obviously, the Celtics, Derek White now is going to be a thorn in our side. So I think we definitely need to be active in the trade market. I don't know if Levine's that guy. I don't because he seems unwilling to ever play defense too. Yeah, and I don't like, think I'm not saying it's I don't him think we can add another one. They need guys no, who can was, score though too because it's last yeah. night. 
I was watching Tyrese Maxey get absolutely clamped up by Max Struess, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, like, that was not good. It was an eye-opening experience watching that game last night. Yeah, I agree. And tonight is going to be tough, too, because the Timberwolves have two of the better perimeter defenders, three of the better perimeter defenders around the league, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson, and uh, Jay McDaniels. Is it Jaden or Jalen? I think it's Jaden. We had Jalen. Yes. Um, of course, we had the worst of the brother. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, Casey that's going to be – and then <laughs> – um, and then they also have two, just two huge tall fellas, um, Towns and Gobert. So it's, it's going to be a really tough game, man. We just had Mobley and Jared Allen give Embiid fits. So I can't imagine, uh, you know, Gobert and Towns both can pass pretty well. Uh, Towns can shoot. Towns can stretch it out. Towns a little soft, though. Both of them are a little soft, but they're both huge. And, you know, when they're dialed in, that's just a big team. Kyle Anderson, 6'8". McDaniels is 6'10". They're both 7 foot. Anthony Edwards is a pretty big guard. So Mike Conley's still balling. I forgot all about him he's still playing really really well so um that's that's a guy who i think would be a huge part of this team like conley you know he could kind of be the lead guard and, and lead defender with maxi next to him but um he's locked in over there so yeah it's gonna be a tough game and we have the thunder after that that's that's gonna be a really tough game you know chet holmgren shea gilgis alexander one of my favorite players what in the SGA league is gonna do to maxi or anybody <laughs> who tries to guard him is gonna be bad it's, it's going to be bad, yeah. Uh, you know, Then you got Jalen Williams, who just plays at 100 miles per hour. Lou Dort, Josh Giddy. I'm the biggest Josh Giddy fan, but um, again, Chet Holmgren is just a fucking powerhouse. Um, and then we have the Lakers after that, and then the Pelicans. So, you know, the, it's not like we're playing easy teams here. And then we got the Celtics after that. So, and then a couple of easy games. Uh, December's looks very easy, but it's still, man, it's still a long year. Uh, we look good right now, but. The East is pretty – the East, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, that's, that's the usual suspects at the top, but even Indiana's playing well. Orlando, Miami, they're not playing that bad. So it's going to be a long season, man, and I hope we can just stay healthy, right, keep them beat healthy and just need to get – again, just get a couple pieces. I'm not asking for, a, you know, a James Harden-type move, not him specifically. No, yeah, but no, I know what you mean, though. Like, it doesn't have to be – Like a level. blockbuster. I would take Alex – if somebody's like, yo, Levine, 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 I'm like, how about we, how about we look at Caruso? You know, how about we look at Patrick Williams? How about we look at a small little, you know, something where we don't have to give up multiple picks and players? How about just like a pick and then a future second? And then maybe look for OG Ananobi. I don't know. We'll see, but. Maybe, like, I, I do think a guy like Levine could have a spot here and be a valuable piece because I think we do need more scoring. I, I know as We'd crazy score as 150 sounds. easily. Yeah. Like, it would, but the problem is we also need another guy to play defense because it's. It's become a big problem because people are just cooking Maxi and Melton off of those uh, pick and yeah. rolls, and they're going downhill, and Embiid's standing there having to guard like two, three people. So he winds right. up looking stupid by just standing there. But like, he, what do you want him to do? He, he, he can only guard one person at a time. And last night there was a couple situations where he was just standing there, and I was like, Jesus, Embiid! Like, what are you, like? He's just standing around on defense. I, I but. Again, when you sit there and think about it, you're like, what do you really want him to do? He's guarding Jared Allen and Evan Mobley off of a, uh, you know, cutting off the back door when Harris or somebody else had to step up. And we had Batum yeah. guarding Evan Mobley last night, which is an issue. In <laughs> That's itself. not going to work. Yeah. That is not going to work. We could use a little bit more help. I am of that uh, that thought process. And mainly on the defensive end because I think – and I'd like Maxi to shoot some better shots. I, I Last night there was I, – I get – you're a scorer. You can shoot the ball. Just sometimes he just hucks some bad ones up where you're like, come on, man. Yeah. And just the team in general. He's not the only one. They would Last night when they were down three, they and it was like three minutes, two and a half minutes left, 
they just kept hucking threes. And I'm like, guys, we could take a bucket here. Like, you have Joel Embiid. Like, let's get the ball down to the MVP. But they were just Harris shooting three, brick. Melton shoots some really, really bad shots sometimes. So, yeah, uh, I guess there's just a couple things that they need to clean up. But it's still early. It's re- it's still early on. I'm not going to get all worked up about losses in uh, November. But still, there's just some things you need tournament. to fix. And you're getting Kelly Oubre back. So I think... You know when that eventually come. You know when that happens, we'll we'll get more of a better look at what this team is. But Should by the time Philly, he comes back, PA. yeah, PD. Well, yeah, and hopefully stay stay off the uh, streets. No more bike <laughs> riding for him. But yeah, uh, I I would just you know I, I'm worried that when he comes back and we look good against the bad teams of the league, that it's going to be like, oh, we're fine, and I'll be like, well, not so sure, but. Hey, man, what are you going to do? It's still early on. Uh, how about, let's keep it moving, though. Phillies, Aaron Nola re-signs with the Philadelphia Phillies, Ty. Uh, me and you, both shocked by this, I would say, right? Uh, I did not, the, look like the, you know, the, the clues and the tea leaves were leading towards him not signing and going elsewhere to cash in on a big contract, but it seems like the rumors were that, he turned down more money other places to come back to Philadelphia and get that sort of longer-term security in a seven-year, $172 million contract, which will expire, I believe, when he's 37 or 38, which might not look good then, but neither will Trey Turner's contract uh, when he's uh, yeah, approaching. Usually shit like that, you can, you know, at the, at the tail end of contracts, you know, people, including myself, always worry about it at the very beginning. And then once you get to the end, it's kind of like, you know, whatever. We have so much cap space. So many things can happen in one year, let alone seven or eight. Um, did you see that the Dodgers made a pathetic offer to get him? What was it? 165. For seven? Um, I think so. Uh, I saw a couple teams, like the Braves. There was a bunch of other teams that were upset. That apparently somebody... Yeah, apparently one team. I don't. I'm not I'm looking. I don't know who. Apparently one team offered more than the Phillies. But um, I think if the Dodgers really want to pry him from LA or from Philly, you got to offer 200, right? That's that's what you got to do. You got to you got to start high, maybe try to be in the 180, 190 range. But if that's what you're trying to do, and they haven't given out big contracts to pitchers, the last time they did was Trevor Bauer, and that didn't work, obviously. Yeah. So I think I think it's a no brainer for the Phillies and Nola because I think. You know, the Cardinals going from Aaron Nola to Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. Oh, my goodness. What a what a downgrade and what a just absolute pit of misery that that state, also Missouri, just shit state. Misery is what you should call that state. <laughs> um, they're going to be – they're not happy. They, they thought they were getting a legit ace, and now they have two uh, bona fide number fives. So that's pretty much their plan. Um, but so, yeah, obviously Nola wants to stay in Philly. Um and my mom keeps texting me like, you look just like Aaron Nola. I'm like, nah, not really, but the hair, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> the, the hair for sure, I'll take it. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Phillies, I think they didn't want to, I don't know, strike out on other guys and then look and be like, fuck, we couldn't, you know, we could have just kept Nola at least, you know, because I, I don't think there are any guarantees in free agency. No. You know, there's Yamamoto just got posted, but somebody else just got posted. Um, I forget his name. It's a very... Jung-ho the tough name or like that. I think. So, yeah, right? another pitcher. I think it was. Oh no, no him no too. But another yeah. pitcher just got posted. I think it was Shingo. Shingo, it's something. So and apparently he's pretty good. He's not going to get as much as Yamamoto, but he's going to get. You know, he's going to get a lot of money. So 
And now you see other teams are trying to create flexibility. The Braves are creating a little flexibility. They just signed Ronaldo Lopez, a starter slash reliever, but I would not be surprised if they're aggressive to try to get a starter because they need them. They need starting pitching, right? As good as the Braves are, just like the Dodgers, they need a starter, starting pitcher. The Phillies have knocked the Braves out two years in a row. The Dodgers have two years in a row have not um, reached anything. They haven't done shit since 20, what, was it 19 or 18? So – or 2020 since they won the World Series. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to be desperate. I think the Yankees are going to be desperate. I think the Mets are going to be desperate. I don't know what's going on with the Padres' financial situation. You know, their owner died. So I think they're, you know, Rest in a tailspin. RIP. Um, I think they probably want to keep Blake Snell at least. So there's going to be suitors, man. There's going to be a lot of teams out there trying to get guys because everybody needs pitching. And I think the Phillies were smart to at least lock down Nola before they lost him and weren't able to get other people, you know? So, I agree. Um, yeah, I would say I was surprised, but now I see how the market's kind of, yeah, I'm looking as a Dodgers fan. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing pitching wise. Like we got, you know, a bunch of our pitchers are hurt. We have Kershaw who's ready, ready to get old yellered, right? We got Julio Urias committing another act of domestic violence for the 15th time. Like Trevor Bauer, we're still paying him, I think. <laughs> so we definitely need, uh, need pitching. I want Yamamoto. If it's seven, two, 10, uh, whatever, whatever has to get done. He's 25. You know, it's not like he's 29 or 28, like uh, Hunjin Ryu and Kenta Maeda when they came over, you know, he's much younger power arm. So, um, and I think you see a lot of players, a lot of pitchers are coming over from Korea that were in the majors, right? They struggled, fizzled out, go to Korea, kind of find something, uh, you know, a curveball, a slider. And, uh, then they come back to the States and they, um, you know, are looking for uh, second chances. So, yeah, we need pitching badly. And I, I listen, I would have been hype if we signed Aaron Nola. I don't care about anything, the years of the term. If we gave him like 7 2 10, that would have sucked. But I absolutely would have been here for it. So, yeah, that was a good no brainer, I think, again, by the Phillies. Yeah, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you just said because, like you said, it, it, you don't know how this is going to play out. You could sit there and put all your eggs in the Yoshi Yamamoto basket, but. You don't know. I mean, there's going to be 20-plus teams trying to acquire his services. Somebody's going to go out there and offer him a crazy contract. We don't know what he really wants. Does he want the money, or does he want to come here and compete for a championship? What are his, you know, right. we don't, he's kind of an unknown, so you don't really know where he's going to go or how that's going to end up. And you could still go after him. You know, you trade Tywin Walker, clear up a little bit of money. You, you know, reallocate those funds to go get Yoshi Yamamoto. I, I saw a report that, that this doesn't, you know, preclude them from uh, going after him, which I like because I still want the Phillies to get more pitching because just going back with Wheeler and Nola again, it's, you know, every year it's the same thing. We only have three, you know, two and a half, three good starters with Ranger Suarez. We need a fourth starter. And if you're able to get somebody and move Suarez back down to that fourth spot, then I think we're in a real good situation. So that that ideally would be the next thing. I don't know where Blake Snell's going to go. I'm glad the Phillies didn't end up with Blake Snell. That That's the main thing I got from all of this because it seemed like there was a possibility with his ties to the team and everything that he could end up coming here and probably getting grossly overpaid to walk a bunch of people or sit out half of the seasons with injuries and things of that nature. So I am glad the way things played out, and I think the contract is not that bad. You know, I, I I think when you equal it out, he's getting paid a little bit over twenty million a year. I think that's appropriate for a pitcher like Nola. He's dependable. Be, yeah. yeah, there's gonna be guys that are worse. They get more money. Yeah, this absolutely. off season, 
let Absolutely. alone in the next seven years. So, yeah, we always talk about, oh, I don't want to give out bad, you know, big money, but you know, if it's if it's a big contract to at least a, a good slash great player, you'll take it. Like if Reese Hoskins is getting a hundred million, you're like, all right, let's let's slow down a little bit, yeah. let's relax. Um, also, real quick, what do you think of these Mike Trout rumors? Because they're they're heating up. They're heating up. Yeah, I would absolutely do. I think. Listen, I think the uh, we kind of talked about it on one of the last pods. I think the big factor is if Otani does not end up going back to the Angels, which we don't think it's going to happen, but I'm sure right now they probably think it's a possibility. If it comes out and he does and he signs with the Yankees or wherever the Dodgers, wherever he winds up going, then I think the Trout stuff heats up because. Trout has a full no-trade clause, I believe. So it, it would be a situation where we don't have to necessarily pay that much to get him in, in a trade. It would kind of just be like, are you willing to take on his contract? Are you guys willing to go to that next luxury tax uh, situation or the shelf? And I think you have to be willing to do it if you're, you know, you want to be one of these teams and want to compete for a championship on, on a on a yearly basis. I think. It's just getting a guy like Trout. Maybe you throw Castellanos in the deal. I see a lot of that that being uh, you know talked about. I see people saying they wouldn't trade uh, Nick Castellanos. I think you're insane. I think if you can get out from under three years of his contract, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's Mike Trout level. I don't think that's disrespectful to say about you know getting one of the top ten, probably best players of all time. On your team, and I know Trout has, you know, comes along with some injury concerns and whatnot. And I know a lot of people will act like this is just because he's from the area, or you know, this is like a homer sort of thing. It's not. If Juan Soto became available and he was of similar, you know, we could get him for a similar price. I want Juan Soto. If Juan Soto had a ten-year deal attached to him, I'd want Juan Soto. But Mike Trout, getting him, you know, he's going to be here for the rest of his career. And he can still play other than a few freak injuries that have kind of held him out. And I, it's, it's a part of the, the thing, but I think you got you got to take a shot at it. And I saw Justin Crawford, Nick Castellanos, and Griff McGarry in a second. Wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, uh, I know a couple of my buddies were like, I wouldn't want to trade Justin Crawford. But listen, you got to trade some good he's players like, to get some good like players. He's like four years away, man. Like, by the, the time thing. he's up, like Bryce Harper might be cooked. You, know, you never know. Like Not cooked, but you know he's going to get older, right? So... By the time Justin Crawford is debuting, let alone by the time Justin Crawford hits his prime, it's it's going to be like twenty twenty seven, which is, is so crazy to think about. But you know, if, if you have to give him up, you do it. They made a good. They they drafted somebody, and it's it's worked, right? They drafted somebody in the first round. He's playing well. He's a top prospect already. Something that they haven't really had good luck with. They drafted guys in the first round. They retire the next year, and you're like, all right, that's interesting. What do we do now? You know, or they draft guys that just are flame, just flame out in AAA or AA. Um, so the fact they were able to draft somebody, a high schooler, let alone, which is it's really tough to hit on a high school picks. You draft him. I know he has the, the bloodline, so he's going to have the hype behind him with that, being Carl, Carl Crawford's son. Um, he's playing well. Boom, gets bumped up immediately as, as he makes his debut. And um, if you can flip him, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt because you need some outfielders, especially like a center fielder in the future. But – I also don't know if he brings you uh, star potential. You know, I don't know if he's going to hit thirty home runs or even twenty home runs. Yeah, I think he might just be a you know a, a, a single double stolen base guy who maybe is a good fielder. So, um, if you can flip him though for Mike Trout, you know, uh, is he ever going to be as good as Mike Trout is right now? Probably not. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's like that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I explain to people. It's not an insult. It's yeah. I watched the Phillies not willing to trade Don Brown in multiple trades to get like yeah, Michael Taylor, truly all-time great players. Yeah, so it's I, I am never uh, I, I will be wrong about trading a prospect if that's you know for the for the for the right person. If, if we're trying to win right now, I'm not going to hold on to a Don Brown or you know a Tyrese Maxey like I've talked about. Even though Maxey, see, like sometimes you're wrong. He come winds yeah. up being a truly like great player, and he could be generational, but. You know, I'll, if, I'll flip him for SGA if that's the hypothetical. Or Kevin Durant. Uh, no. That's also what when I was talking about it, and they were like, "No, I wouldn't trade him for <coughs> Kevin Durant." I'm like, "Okay, well, you guys are morons." Then I still would do that. Yeah. I still would. I, I don't care what <laughs> yeah. anybody says. Uh, he's still balling over there, so he's still Kevin Durant, and he's still Mike Trout in this conversation. And Justin Crawford is nowhere near the player that Tyrese Maxey is. If we're going to do yeah. this comparison, and, and thing, so. um, Griff McGarry is what your third best pitching prospect. So you have two studs yeah. ahead of him that. Once they get healthy, or at least the one gets healthy, that's those are your cornerstones pitching wise. Griff McGarry could be a good pitcher. I'm not saying he can't. I'm you know, but he's older than them, and I think he throws. He doesn't throw as hard, and I don't think he's as big as them. So the potential is definitely a little uh, a little lower. So I think yeah, you, you you trade him if you have to. And I think the big thing would be here is just like, are you willing to take the contract on? Yes, uh, and it would not be that expensive for prospects. Like uh, maybe even. If you don't want to trade him, you you weasel your way out of trading Crawford and get somebody else in there. That's fine. It's not really about. Excuse me, I must just throw up on the mic again. Uh, it's not really about the prospects or the anything like that. It's just more about getting this kind of player in Mike Trout in your system right now. And the contract, I'm not really worried about because you've already given out contracts that are going to be you know for the next 10 years that are going to hurt your franchise if that's the way you're thinking about it but we're not really worried about 10 years from now we're worried about right now you'll be able to draft players in the interim to replace all of those players when they get bad you have the Aiden Millers of the world and you know the Justin Crawfords for now that will be able to take their spot and play well when the time comes, but I'm willing to trade one of those guys to get Mike Trout. That's just sorry for anyone out there who disagrees, but Ty, and the Flyers are playing well. The Flyers won like five in a row, so I want to give them their respect, wow. but All right. I'm not going to get too worked up about Second that. Second place in the Metro. I didn't yeah. realize. No, they're, 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 they're on fire right now. They are. Uh, but again, what, you know, who <laughs> we're not going to get too worked up about that because <laughs> They're not that good, and eventually it's going to go tip in the other way. And I do. I will say, though, uh, you know, I'm just kind of box score watching, but I'll say Farabee, Tippett, the, the, the young kids, Bobby Brink, uh, yeah. Sean Walker, Cam York, these guys are putting up points, you know? They're playing uh, well. It's the, Mark Stahl's San- back. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Sanheim has 16, leading the team in points. All right. I didn't. I thought he was more a defensive guy. And then you got Travis Konecki balling 11 yeah. goals, so shout out to him. Shout out the whole team. And I love that. That was a goalie. Uh, uh, he just kind of, he just came back. That's I think that's what's kind of spurred this along is that they were playing with Erickson uh, and uh, Felix, not Felix, uh, Cal, Cal Peterson, uh, two Cal guys. Peterson. That's right. That two psychopath gave up seven goals the one time I was there. I'm like, <laughs> and he just stared like they had the camera on him. And just, you're like, oh, he's about to go off. He's just an absolute Swiss cheese out there. So. Nothing well, to get they're both up save about. percentages are in the 800s and Cam Hart, Cam Hart, Carter Hart's in the nines and his goal against average two four. They're in the three three. So yeah. clearly a nice upgrade, and it's good to have them have him back. And I crazy they're in second place behind the Rangers, who seem like they'll never lose. 
Uh, and Washington and Carolina tied for third. So the Metro is looking a little weak. The Devils aren't playing that well. The Islanders aren't playing that well. Pittsburgh's kind of average. The Capitals, are, for some reason, are playing well. But how about them fucking Flyers? How about them Flyers? It is a good time. And I know I see a lot of people that are mad that the Flyers are winning because they want them to tank and uh, get better picks. But... I thought that that's yeah. what they are, you know, they, they've been doing. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Do they, I don't that's understand, they but they, doing. like, get mad at the coach because the coach wants to win. What is the coach <laughs> supposed to do? I mean, it's yeah. – I guess you could blame management for not trading Couturier for pennies on the dollar, but I'd rather just keep – I mean, these guys aren't, t- like, 35, 36 years old. These guys no, are, you, you have. Like, <clears throat> these are the young players that you didn't necessarily tank for, but, you know, your team sucked. You traded Giroux and everybody else, like – these are the guys you drafted when you were in that kind of phase. Now you're the next step of your phase. They're ahead of the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks have the second worst record in the league behind the Sharks, and they are not that far behind the Sharks. Edmonton, uh, one point uh, ahead of us. They have 11. We have 10. Sharks have seven. So you, you figure Edmonton has to eventually start playing better. I mean, they have two of the best players in the league. I know McDavid's playing with, with an injury, so that sucks. But, um, you know, we're not winning games. We have Connor Bedard. You know, we had a bunch of – we're we have a bunch of picks next year and just going forward the, the flyers had those picks they drafted those guys and now there's those kids are playing right so uh, who's the one kid they frost is he playing is he up yet frost has been pl- like he's like a healthy scratch from time to time so it's and he's kind super of- he's still he might be the youngest of all of them so you know i remember they took farabee a while ago boom now he's one of their best players bobby brink they, they didn't take him that long ago and he's one of the better players so I would have to be extremely happy. I mean, there was remember there was a rumor about Carter Hart getting traded in the offseason. Yeah. People were like, whoa, I don't know if I would do that, especially if it's not for like a top prospect and a pick, you know? So it was a good thing that trade got nixed. Second place in the Metro. I mean, what, 17 games in a season, it's not a lot, but a decent, decent little bit. You know, we're a good chunk into the season um, looking towards December. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you, I don't know how you can be mad. I, I'm more mad about the Blackhawks, I know they're still, again, one phase behind the Flyers, but just playing pathetic, just so poor. So um, I, I would be happy as a Flyers. Yeah, and it's like I would trade these guys if the right deal came along, but I'm not just shopping the Konechnys and the Couturiers of the world just because. They're not, like I said, they're not these terribly old players that are holding you back. It's, uh, you know, we're in, we're right in the, the rebuild, and we have two top 20 sort of younger prospects in Cutter Gutierrez yep. and uh, Mitchkov who are going to be here at some point. So, Yep. Mitchkov maybe soon, maybe not. But either way, when he gets there, he's going to be an immediate, immediate impact player. Exactly. I can't wait to watch him play. Also, silver lining here, John, Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau getting a healthy scratch. Enough. They're not playing him I know. at the end of games. You, maybe, you, maybe you dodged a bolt there. I don't know. Uh, or maybe Columbus is just fucking stupid because Patrick Wine has also been a healthy scratch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on over in Columbus. Uh, I, I still that that was so heartbreaking when Johnny wanted to come here and we didn't sign him. But maybe yeah. they maybe they were right. But it's still Chuck Fletcher. I don't have any respect for Chuck Fletcher, so I that's refuse fair. to give him any credit for anything that he's ever done. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the hot take hot box. We t- we took all four four for four. We did not talk about the union. I won't talk about them. So, uh, good luck with all that. Whatever is going on over there, they got to sign Mbappe. Yeah, they got to sign someone that I have ever heard of before to play, and then I'll uh, I'll start watching. But you got to come watch a uh, um I forget the team, the Rowdies. You got to come watch the Tampa Bay Rowdies. That's that's awesome. I love love watching some rowdy soccer, baby. Yeah, I won't be watching. 
But I wish yeah, I'd one luck. People, the players <laughs> on the team are also a bunch of dicks, so they can go fuck themselves. Love that. All right, so that's the hot take hot box. <laughs> My name is Matt McSweeney. His name is... Hi, Ty Capone. As always, remember two words. Go Birds.